0: It's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Hands Colin Davis wide open. Davis still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll, he'll yes. when he hit immediately. got the handoff. You know <laughs> the Q Oh my gosh! Listen, thank you. From the
1: playlikeajet.com digital studios, this is Play Like a Jet, my name is Scott Mason, you can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1, and it's time to review day number one of training camp, can't believe it's finally here, with the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang, over at jetsinsider.com, and above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbly, Chris, the biggest story today wasn't who was there, but it was who wasn't there, and I want to read the words of a wise man who is known as a football genius. And these are the words that he had to say about what's going on with Zach Wilson right now. The Jets are ushering in a new regime. Excitement abounds. Just not as much excitement as everyone was hoping for. It still felt like the first day of camp, but the story of the day has nothing to do with what happened at Florin Park. Instead, It's talk about who wasn't there and what hasn't happened that has sucked the oxygen from any talk of excitement. Pretty standard for the Jets, but that's part of the problem, of course. Fans and reporters wondering, we thought things were supposed to be different now, and things are definitely different, but just not everything. Let's start off by being very clear and direct. Zach Wilson missing the first few days of training camp won't play any part in determining whether he'll have a good career or not. Regardless of how many practices he ends up missing, everyone except reporters will forget he ever missed practice at all. In the grand scheme of things, missing a few practices will mean absolutely nothing. If you want to stress yourself out and think Wilson will risk missing more than a few practices, then by all means, stress yourself all the way out. But much sooner rather than later, Wilson will sign and you'll feel silly for all that self-inflicted stress. Remember, Wilson already has his playbook he went through mini camp practices has thrown with his receivers on their own time he's really not missing much yet that can't be easily made up and to that point of course we know that full padded practices don't even start until monday anyway ease your mind with the knowledge that he is working out and studying the playbook on his own the biggest problem with him not being there is who the backups are chris pop quiz who is the football genius that wrote those words today about the Zach Wilson I mean, situation.
0: I mean, that is one intelligent. Uh, <laughs> I, I I have a, a, a very well uh, bearded man nowadays too. Uh, it, I I could I could feel it what, uh, coming as you were reading the words. The the nice luxurious beard that that person must have, but man, that is an intelligent man.
1: Of course, in case you didn't figure it out, that's what Chris wrote over at JetsInsider.com. Chris, expand upon that a little bit because I've been making the same points. Nick Spano and I talked about this yesterday and I tweeted something out and people were getting upset and saying how this whole thing shows that the Jets are a joke organization and ownership is dumb and why can't they just give in? And we talked yesterday about the offset language And I know Andy Vasquez talked about this On Play Like a Jet Live today also With Clayton Smarslock and Luke Grant But the bottom line here is The Jets have a way that they do things They don't want to break the precedent And it's also the way that 30 out of 32 teams Do these contracts The only two teams that don't use offsets As Connor Hughes pointed out over at The Athletic Are the Jaguars and the Rams And just because Trevor Lawrence Got a contract without offset language doesn't mean that the Jets have to follow the Jaguars off a cliff. Trey Lance was the other quarterback that held out deep into this. He signed this morning. So he's in camp and now Wilson is the last one. But the main point here is that I don't think this proves anything in terms of the Jets being the same old Jets or ownership being bad or Joe Douglas Being too much of a hard ass in negotiations or any of that As I said, the Jets don't want to bend on this Because then they'll have to do it for all future draft picks That are picked up high And people have said, oh well just say to future draft picks We only did that for Zach Wilson because he's a quarterback I got news for you, that's not going to fly with agents So that's how you think this works, trust me, it isn't I get it, it seems silly to us, I understand that But there's a way that business gets done. And at the end of the day, that's what this is, business. And this is what I keep coming back to, Chris. What you said in that article at JetsInsider.com, Zach Wilson has the playbook. He's doing work on his own. He's watching film. He's been talking to teammates every single day. This is what he does. He's obsessed with football. He's obsessed with getting better. So he's not just sitting in his hotel room watching reruns of Judge Judy or something like that. He's putting in work. And we don't even get padded practices until Monday so it's not like he's really going to be missing much as Andy Vasquez pointed out on play like a jet live today this really isn't anything different than what we saw at OTAs and minicamp and Wilson participated in those so that's fine and as far as jet reputation if that's something that matters to you whether fans from other teams laugh at the Jets okay fine I'm really not that concerned about it and ultimately Zach Wilson will be here sometime within the next couple of days and as you said none of this is going to matter and it's going to make zero impact on whether or not he's a good quarterback not just for this season but far into the future
0: yeah absolutely now, let's let's start here let's start at the the concept of uh you know them not wanting to set a precedent all that stuff it's it's similar to uh the type of people who sit here and will say like you never apologize because it shows uh, weakness, right? And that that is a, a more extreme uh, absurdity because it, with the uh, negotiations with with agents, like that that is what happens if you give one time every other agent in that sport will hold you to that and hold that over your head and sit there and say, I don't care. We're going to wait until you cave again. Um, So now this, I, I am not a good negotiator. I have never been a good negotiator. I'm some, tell me how much you want for it. And I'm either willing to pay it or I'm not, Um, I'm not going to sit there and haggle with you and go back and forth. If I'm in charge, if I was in charge of this, and making the calls, I'd be I'd sit there and take this on a case-by-case basis. I wouldn't draw a hard line in the sand on offset language. It seems silly, but there's a reason why people do this. And, like, <clears throat> you cannot understand, as competitive as the sport is, as competitive as the players are, the agents are ruthless. And they are as competitive... And they attack this just as hard as any players attack things. So I do understand ownership and GM management side having to take hardline stances. I don't think this is where I would be doing it, but I do understand that game. You can't give an inch to agents because they will come back and for more and more and more and more. But another thing... Uh, that I don't think people really grasp a single day of practice is, is not that big of a deal. Um, Two days of a practice training camp practice. It's nothing. It's, it's nothing. It's like 20 reps. It's like 30 reps for a quarterback at most. Um, It's he's splitting reps with everybody else. It's not that big of a deal It's not something that he can't Easily be make up And yes it's no different Especially with no pads on yet It's exactly the same As minicamp was He did the, all of minicamp He worked out with uh, receivers In their off time Corey Davis talked today after practice He said that they talked for They met up and worked out Four or five times um, Why you know that players are supposed to be on vacation, they they got together four or five times in Florida and met up and played. Oh he has the playbook. He's studying the playbook. He knows that he's he's in contact with the receivers. Yes, of course, ideally you'd rather him be there, but a day or two of practice is is not the big deal that players uh, that fans tend to think it is. It's not that. Uh, urgent. It's not that uh, serious. He can still easily get on board. Now there's obviously a tipping point because this is one of the things that I think everyone, people are freaking out. And this happens every year. There's one or two players that hold out the first couple days of camp. (laughs) Like this is something that happens and it's not, Uh, anything to really concern yourself about but they anyone freaking out like oh my god this is a disaster it's only a disaster if it continues because there's a tipping point where yeah okay this is a problem if by monday or even this weekend he's not signed and monday he's not practicing Okay, missing all the whole first week of training camp. Now uh, you got the pads on, you, you start missing camp. Now it's a problem. The reason why I'm so dismissive of people like stressing out about it now is because the holdouts never get that far. Every year there's a, one or two or a couple players that do this, but the holdouts never get this far. Um, the, And at at a certain point, I don't care how dug in a uh, Zach Wilson and his family is at a certain point, he's going to be sitting there being like, I-, I need to play. I need to practice. I- I'm not going to delay my dream of being an NFL quarterback anymore. I'm going to do it. And at a certain point, the jets are going to have to do this a similar thing and face and be like, we really can't afford to have him miss a week and a half of training camp and hope to have any type of competent season, so there's going to be a tipping point where one of them breaks. I don't know which one's going to blink first. I don't care which one blinks first. It's not going to matter, but it's going, they're going to blink. Someone's going to blink before this is a problem. And it's just every year we recycle these same topics and these same conversations. <clears throat> the player comes, get signs, comes in, everyone forgets about it. And then the next year, new crop of players come in it, a new holdout. And we go through this whole cycle again. And it's just me sitting, uh, other reporters remembering it, but they're still trying to make it into a big deal. And it's me and a handful of other people sitting there being like, we do this every year. Why are we making such a big deal about it now? So it's, if you want to be worried long-term wait until it gets to long-term right now, I'm not concerned at all that he missed today's practice. I won't be concerned at all if he misses tomorrow's practice, but I can't imagine that one of them isn't going to break before next week. So I just can't understand getting worked up over this. Um, I, I L I I was out there at practice today. I got to practice. I was like, you know, first day of practice. I'm I'm interested to watch the practice. And then I'm like, Oh, yeah, Zach Wilson's here. There's really uh, Zach Wilson's not here. There's really not much for me to talk about. So if anyone should really be complaining right now about this, it's me and the other reporters because like, yeah, that's all we want to talk about, and we want to just give you guys the Zach Wilson information about how he looks. But it's just and it's not gonna matter. It's gonna have no impact on whether he has a good career or not and he's going to be back. He's going to sign, he's going to be practicing and you're going to see him in the preseason and all that stuff. It's we're, we're not even a week away from this just being a complete and total afterthought that nobody like has a serious conversation about ever again.
1: I thought Clayton Smarzlock put it well on Play Like a Jet live. When he said that he's not mad about it and he's not concerned about it, he's just disappointed because it's like your parents gave you a shiny new toy for Christmas and then told you you can't play with it for a week. That's really what it feels like, because as you said, Chris, you guys were looking forward to going to camp and covering Zach Wilson and telling us all about it. We were looking forward to hearing about how we looked, and as Clayton said, finding out... What the Jets have in that shiny new toy And that gets delayed a little bit So that becomes frustrating But as far as concern level I'm at a zero right now I won't start to get concerned Unless this really drags out Late into training camp If this ends up being like Sam Darnold Where he only misses a couple of practices And he's there by Monday I'm really not going to worry about it Because as you said There's going to be no difference in his season and certainly not in his career. But one thing that I think today's practice really shine a light on is the fact that they've got to make an upgrade at the backup spot. Because what the backup quarterback is supposed to be is somebody who can come in, play a couple of games... And maybe keep your team from getting embarrassed, maybe get you a win or two here and there to keep you treading water until your starter comes back. And if you've got a rookie quarterback, it's good to have a veteran who can help be somebody that can guide him throughout his rookie season early on in his career. You've got Mike White, you've got James Morgan, neither one of them is good. Mike White, I doubt, ends up on the roster. James Morgan... I'm just going to say this the way that I said it last year when they drafted him. I don't know why they picked him. I guess there was some gamesmanship because rumor had it that the Patriots liked him and maybe they were trying to keep him away from New England. But it was a waste of a pick He's never going to do anything here And that fourth rounder could have been used on a player That could have been much more meaningful for this team They've got to go out and they've got to get an upgrade At backup quarterback People are talking about Blake Bortles now I suppose he's better than who they've got But it makes me throw up in my mouth a little bit I don't understand why the Jets don't just call the Bears and get a deal done for Nick Foles. You could give up a seventh-round pick that's conditional and ends up never actually changing hands because the Bears desperately need to unload Nick Foles. They've got Andy Dalton. They've got Justin Fields. Nick Foles will not even be on the game-day roster if he's in Chicago. They've got to get rid of him for something, for anything, for anything. So call up the Bears, offer a seventh round pick that's conditional, put conditions on it that'll make it so that that pick never even goes to the Bears and get this done with. Because, Chris, you were there today. And once again, you saw that Morgan and White are not NFL caliber quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, I, I saw that today. I saw that last year. Um, You know, I tweeted about the, the Zach Wilson thing yesterday and, and like, you know, don't worry about you fans shouldn't worry about it. And like I got a bunch of responses in this vein where it was like, I'm worried because of the backups and I'm like, all right, that part is fair, but that part you should be worried about you should have already been worried about and you should be worried about can after Zach Wilson does sign. That's still going to be a problem. That's a a and that's a I know that they do happen, you know, it's like a Venn diagram situation here. And it does, uh, they do merge here into a problem, but they're two separate problems. And at some point, you know, who knows what happens. Zach Wilson gets hurt. He has to uh, come out for a game, whatever. Um, Like, you cannot rely on James Morgan and Mike White to be the backup you cannot evaluate the receivers and the rest of the offense at all with that. Um, Like the, the one thing that I could say and take away uh, from practice today, especially with the receivers was Elijah Moore's got a devastating cut. And the only way that we, I I could see that today was because they threw him a quick uh, little uh, wide receiver screen he planted cut and exploded upfield. But it was just a wide receiver screen. If that ball hadn't just, just crossed the line of scrimmage, I never get to see that cut. Um <clears throat> there was a throw to Denzel Mims that's five over five feet over his head. Like there's nothing I can do with this. I can't tell you how Denzel Mims looked today because there wasn't a quarterback capable of getting the ball to him. So that is a problem, but that's a problem no matter what. And, yeah, it's baffling, honestly, that you can sit here with a rookie quarterback and think, okay, we're just going to get by with James uh, Morgan and Mike White as the backups. And, you know, Osala talked about it after practice because they asked him about just how unusual it is to have such an inexperienced uh, quarterback room. And I think there's something to what he said where a lot of times, you know, teams try to shoehorn a veteran in there and that it doesn't all – it's not always as, you know, great or as helpful as it seems. And I'm sure there is something to that. But we're not talking about, you know, just having, like, an inadequate backup we're have we're talking about two quarterbacks that i do not trust to run the offense at all in any type of a capable way that that's a problem that's it doesn't make sense we're playing football like who can you imagine just you could just feel that comfortable being like he's never getting hurt so we don't need a backup for him um, and then he's a rookie. <clears throat> it, that is baffling to me that they haven't addressed this sooner. <clears throat> they're bringing in Josh Johnson and Sean Sh- Mannion for uh, workouts. All right, cool. Josh Johnson. But also why didn't you already have Josh Johnson signed? Like he's out there and those two are available for a reason that, uh, you know, you know, the, how this goes, they're available for a reason. They're not that good, but. Josh Johnson can run an offense better than either of these two guys. I'll I'll get at least have a better gauge of what some of the receivers are doing. So if you want to go ahead and criticize Joe Douglas, this plant your flag on this hill, this is the one you should be doing because it's one of these weird things. Like, yes, it's the backup quarterback, obviously not the most pressing, most important position, but it's also not the hardest position to fill. Like, we're not saying go get the best backup quarterback the world's ever seen. Just go find a competent backup quarterback. They could have signed Nick Mullins. They could trade for uh, Nick Foles. They they could go and just sign Josh Johnson. But they have stubbornly stuck with Mike White and James Morgan. And I just, I can't wrap my brain around that. Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. One other
1: criticism that I would have for Joe Douglas is the fact that he hasn't properly addressed the kicker situation. And we saw that that's going to be a problem yet again today. Chris Nagar wasn't all that good, the rookie out of SMU. We already know what Sam Ficken is, and he was bad again today. That was one of your observations in your camp notes. Take us through the rest of your practice observations. What did you see today in camp?
0: Yeah, so the like I said, the Elijah Moore made that play. That that was one thing that really stood out, and I, he made plays all throughout minicamp. Uh, you guys are gonna love him. You need the quarterback to get in there to throw the ball to him, but you're gonna love him. Um, the the biggest thing from today, from what we saw on the field, was what you would think: the Jets are going to. Run the ball to the left side a lot, and they're going to have success doing that. Um, because every time they first play uh, of team drills, they run an off tackle run to Tevin Campbell, and it's just there's just like a 20 lane highway just sitting there between Beckton and Elijah Barrett Tucker. Now they're not hitting, they're not so they're not uh knocking guys over. But the way that they were positioned just shut the defenders out and just opened up this huge lane. And just every time they tried to run the ball to the left, they succeeded in running the ball to the left. And it wasn't just, uh, you know, okay, training camp runs. No, these lanes were open because of their positioning and where they were. So that is something that they're going to lean on. They're going to lean on that. For Zach Wilson, they're going to, you know, being a rookie quarterback, I've been saying this all offseason, they're going to be a really run-heavy team. I do believe this. I do believe they'll take their shots and Zach Wilson is aggressive, but they're going to lean on the run and use the run to set up the pass. And that left side is going to be able to pave the way for whichever running back is in the backfield to rack up the yards.
1: Let's talk about what was said after practice. Corey Davis spoke and Jared Davis spoke as well. We'll get to Robert Sella after that. What did the two players have to say?
0: So Corey Davis was a was a much shorter interview, uh, but you know he talked about, uh, somebody asked him about his familiarity with the system, if he feels like he's comfortable, getting comfortable with it. But Corey Davis played with essentially the system. He played with the brother LaFleur, under the brother LaFleur uh, in Tennessee before he went to get that job. So he already has a a familiarity with the system. Again, he mentioned that him and Zach and other receivers worked out four or five times uh, over the past month or so. And then the big thing was he was asked about Elijah Moore. And his reaction now – The players are wearing masks when they're talking to us, so we couldn't see his face. But he really, like, stopped, took a moment to, like, gather himself and was just like, Woo, let me tell you about this dude. (laughs) Like, that was how he basically started it. And he was just like, he said, Elijah's a great player, great dude. And his mindset, it doesn't feel like he's a rookie. He called him a leader, and he was just like, I am really happy that we got this dude. And you know, I've been I've been covering uh the Jets for a long time. I've heard players and I've asked players plenty of times about what they think of this rookie or what they think of this player. And you know, a lot of times they give some canned answers, some canned response, but there sometimes you get an answer from a player and you're like, oh, he means that. Like, this, this this isn't just like, okay, I'm supposed to big up my teammate right here. No, no, no. He means that. Corey Davis meant that about Elijah Moore. And the the great uh, person part really stuck, stuck out. Um, the, he, there's something about him as a person I haven't been able to pin down yet because we can't get close enough. I haven't talked to him face to face, but there's something about him as a person that captivates people. because um, people rave about this kid. So that was that was the big stuff with Corey Davis. With Jared Davis, I tweeted this out. Um, you know, I, I'll do this a lot like I did it with Makai Beckton and Quentin Williams. I'd be like, Hey, Jets fans, you're you're gonna love hearing from this dude, right? Today, I tweeted out a, a little tweak on it as, oh, I'm going to have a lot of fun talking to this dude, Jared Davis, because he just gave some very thoughtful, insightful, and introspective answers to questions and went took things to a depth that football players don't normally talk about. Um uh, before I mentioned with the whole uh, negotiating stance, how a lot of people talk about you know, don't apologize because it's mistaken for a weakness, or and he was he talked about how he was contemplating retiring at a certain point, uh, but he decided it, it wouldn't have felt right a doing anything else, but then he went on to expand about you know it's okay to not be in a good mental space. Like that that happens. Like you can talk about that and just, you can talk about it. You can admit it. You can identify and recognize it. And then you work to get out of that bad mental space. <clears throat> um, so I'm going to write an article about this, about the depth of all this. I don't know if it'll be as interesting to everyone else <clears throat> as it is to me, but he's a really thoughtful introspective player and then he also had a lot of things to say about his time with the Lions and uh, how he thinks being here is so much better for him. Because he, he thinks, like, the Robert Solis' defense, the system, it, it just it's so fast and it's freeing is the word he used. And it allows you to just be yourself. Um, the defense is a lot simpler than what he – uh, had to deal with the Matt Patricia, who this is a complaint you can hear from pretty much any Detroit player, Lions player, a defensive player over the last couple of years. <clears throat> Patricia's com- uh, defense was way too complicated, too many layers on top of layers. Uh, you have to, you know, watch your teammate to see what he does. This and for this system with Robert Sala it's simpler. And it's a, he said the exact words was, it's a little bit simpler, which makes things a lot easier for me. And so he said, you, you think, but you don't have to think a lot. Once you know your job and you know, your role role, you can just focus on what the offense is doing and react to it. You don't have to get bogged down in worrying about, what happens if you move here and is somebody going to cover up for you on this other part? No, it's all built into it. Um, He raved about Salah, just about the type of person he is about. He's a very confident person and, and who he is and what he's trying to push. And he's not overbearing. He's not somebody who's going to wear on you he's just going to believe in himself and his system and you're going to eventually come around um is basically what he said and then also he had a lot of praise for uh, two of the rookies Hampson and and Sherwood uh just he said you know he talked about them in in minicamp and he's talking about them again here he said they're going to have really long careers especially if they get to play in schemes like this and he just went all ran about their uh, coverage ability, uh, their size and length, and how in this system and this scheme that they are going to thrive. And, you know, we talked about it in the draft when they made these picks. I didn't know enough about them, but we could see the clear vision of what they were looking for. And I said, at least one of these guys is going to hit. Um, and this is just confirmation that that is correct, that they were looking for certain players, uh, fit a certain type to fit a, into this system. And uh, I don't know which one's going to hit yet, but at least one of them's going to hit. They might both hit. Uh, they're, they're, I think fans are going to end up being really excited about these guys and uh, about the potential that they have.
1: Last but not least, Robert Sala gave a lot of updates today, including what's going on with Quentin Williams, Vinnie Curry, Ashton Davis, and a whole bunch more. Plus, we found out who wasn't at camp today and what's going on with that. So, bring us up to speed on everything.
0: Yeah. Okay. So Quentin Williams he had surgery on his foot. Um, they're they're targeting like a mid August return here. Uh, they could pro. They could get him back out here probably next week, but they don't want to rush it. They're going to slow play it. Um, they don't want to risk, you know, uh, getting him getting re-injuring that foot or hurting the other foot. So they're just going to slow play it. Play it, but they're not concerned. He's in good shape. Um, Ashton Davis and Vinnie Curry <clears throat> are both going to be out for a while. They, he, Rosales said that. Uh, no longer than week two, are they expected to be out? So they could come back before then, but that you know is the end date there. Um, Morgan Moses uh, tested positive for COVID, so he's uh, or not Morgan? I'm sorry, <clears throat> George Fant tested positive for COVID, so he's going to be quarantining for the next ten days, which means we're going to see a lot more of Morgan Moses right away. And then uh, Salah also said that right now they have 81 of the 90 players uh, vaccinated, so the coaching staff is fully vaccinated. So that that's a that's a pretty good clip. Uh, you, you shouldn't have to be too concerned about uh, a whole bunch of players of uh, missing a bunch of time for COVID. Um, you know, quite as much as if they weren't vaccinated. Obviously, uh, so so that that's a good thing to. Uh, To focus
1: on Chris Nimbley The owner The operator The lead reporter The whole shebang And above all that A very big deal Over at Jetsinsider.com Thanks so much For coming on And talking about Day number one Of training camp With me Really appreciate it Can't wait To keep doing These daily reports With you because now football is back A lot to look forward to Including your daily reports Which can be found over at JetsInsider.com And longer, more expansive audio versions will be right here every day on Play Like a Jet And you can also check out everything we're doing At PlayLikeAJet.com And the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel Luke Grant has got some killer videos up there Film breakdowns of Morgan Moses Elijah Moore Zach Wilson Marcus May Quinn and Williams Michael Carter and so much more if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel yet go ahead and do that and check out all the videos that we have up and if you haven't given us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes yet if you could go ahead and do that for us really appreciate it Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money But it goes a long way to help us out So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts And content, you know where to go That's PlayLikeAJetDigital and PlayLikeAJet.com